Jason, as we welcome in a, well, a guy that probably elevates the golf ball and has elevated the golf ball more so than anybody uh, <laughs> on the tee box. It's uh, Jason Zubak, five-time world long drive champion, one in the senior event too. Uh, Jason, long time since we've uh, spoken. Welcome to Sports 1440. Uh, you're with Kevin Carries and Grant Fear. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Kevin, it's great to be on with the uh, the man, the myth, the legend, and a pretty good go- goalie in his own right. I- I'm just kidding. Uh, it's, uh, it's great to be on, Kevin. Uh, certainly an honor and a privilege for myself. Um, uh, one correction, uh, six World Long Drive Championships total, five in the Open Division, uh, you know, four of those yeah. in the road, uh, 96, 97, 98, 99, bookended that one on the, my 10th anniversary in 2006 and then uh, my first crack at the uh, old guys division mm-hmm. which is 45 years and over uh, won uh, the senior division so a yeah. uh, little bit of success in the, the long drive realm but it's awesome to be on and yeah. um, you know with uh, yourself and Grant and um, I, I, gotta, I gotta share a story with Grant and I yeah. uh, years ago when Grant was traded to the Flames so obviously uh, residing in Calgary uh, for a number of years and uh, we have a, a, f- a facility here called Golf YYC now back in the day it was called Eagle Quest Golf uh, since then renamed uh, from Eagle Quest to uh, Golf Canada Center it's right at uh, Deerfoot and Glenmore and it was one of the only facilities at the time, the only outdoor facility in the winter months to hit balls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, it would be frequented by hardcore golfers. They did have some overhead heating, but it never really functioned all that great. But the two craziest guys in the world, probably at that time, um, Grant Fuhrer and Jason Zubak, <laughs> out hitting golf balls on more days than not, minus 20 to 25 to minus 30, uh, whether, uh, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, Grant, Grant's, a, Grant's a professional golfer trapped in one of the world's best goalies bodies. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was an amazing time where, yeah. you know, just, just these two crazy guys hitting balls in the, you know, right in the middle of winter in Calgary. And, uh, you know, Grant was way tougher than me though. I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> he, um, he would just have like a, maybe a pullover, like a, you know, like a thin, uh, you know, like a thin pullover, maybe a sweater or these, you know, I had, you know, long underwear, two jackets and, you know, but anyway, that, that's, yeah. uh, a little snapshot of that, you know, that early 2000s moment in time with uh, two crazy uh, golf guys here in Calgary. What do you remember about that, Grant? Oh, I remember spending a little time in the fresh air hitting balls. <laughs> but I remember, also remember a lot of time spending over time at Lyle's fiddling with golf clubs. Yeah, Lyle, so uh, Kevin, Lyle yeah. Helen, he was uh, one of the premier uh, club builders in, in the area for a long time. And, and, uh, uh, he had a great facility where he had all the tools of the trade of club building. And uh, quite often, a lot of the guys that were into golf and especially, you know, golf tech and, uh, you know, and, and shafts and heads. And, you know, Grant's always been a tinker and Grant, Grant, you know, Grant loves clubs. I'm sure his basement is 
um, you know, full of clubs as mine is. But uh, yeah, we would frequent uh, Lyle Helen's shop. Uh, at the time, it was called Simply Golf, and uh, it was a, a cool place to hang out and mm-hmm. you know see some different equipment, maybe do some some of your own work with you know pulling shafts and um, you know regripping and stuff. And it, it was it was a cool atmosphere uh, uh, being in uh, Lyle's business. And you were there too, lots, Grant. Um, I had my own chair there. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go with maybe lots. Yeah. Oh, boy. Jason Zubak with us. Kevin Carey's Grand Fury on Sports 1440. So uh, I did kind of say, Jason, that you won five and then one more in the senior. But when when did you know when you were golfing, you know, when you were younger in the 80s? Obviously, you could hit a, a golf ball longer than most people when you were just playing recreationally. But when did you know that you wanted to kind of take it to that next level to go on the world stage on the pro long drives and everything like that yeah you know from a young age i had always been enamored by kind of these power movements in sport whether it be running fast uh, fast tennis serve hitting the home run throwing the baseball as hard as possible um you know and golf was w- within that context as well where I, that was my prime focus on trying to hit the golf ball as far as humanly possible and you know thinking back to when I was probably 14, 15, you know, with the old equipment, you know, the, a lot of people that are new to the game, they don't realize like some of the old, like we had wooden head golf clubs, mm-hmm. the old persimmon and the title is Blatta golf ball. And, you know, back when I was 15, I, I remember hitting it, you know, somewhere in that, you know, 330 range with, you know, really, you know, the old stuff. Right. So I knew, you know, something I always endeavored to do, hit it far and as hard as possible. And, um, you know, it just sort of followed me through my whole career. Um, you know, I, I had a, you know, relatively good junior career, relatively good amateur career as well. And I, I, I you know, kind of dabbled in trying to play a little bit while balancing mm-hmm. a full-time job as a pharmacist, you know, which was impossible task in itself. But um, I was playing in an Alberta Open qualifier and at uh, Pinoca, and playing with a fellow, a teaching pro from here in the Calgary area by the name of Levy Arcega. And he's like, man, you hit the golf ball crazy distance. We're having a qualifier for this World Long Drive Championship thing at my range. I suggest, you know, you come and give this a try. And, you know, I'd seen it on TV and that wasn't my primary focus. I just love hitting it far and trying to play good golf. But um, at that, that was my initial introduction to long drive at this large scale yeah. and I attended that event and I ended up winning it by 50 yards. And then my first trip to the world championship, um, you know, not knowing what to expect in everything. I won the whole thing and then won again, again, again. So, uh, I defended that title, you know, three times in a row, almost four times in a row. Um, but yeah, it was, a uh, you know, kind of bred from playing, and then when given that opportunity, I had to, you know, I was lucky enough to uh, capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Grant. So now in the beginning, would you say you were one of the first guys that kind of brought fitness into the hitting and also speed training? Yeah, I think so, Grant. The, you know, I, I sort of, you know, I'm not saying I'm like Tiger Woods, but, you know, at the time that fitness component wasn't really huge in the long drive game. There was a, you know, if if you watch on television and you've seen through the years, 
it, the sport in itself lends it lends itself to you know these bigger, stronger, faster athletes. So they're they're big dudes that um, either you know maybe came from other sports like track and field, football, baseball, hockey, as in Jamie Sadowski, and you know Jamie would always played golf as well. Um, one of the most accomplished long drive guys. Um, you know, just him and I both coming from Alberta. Uh, but yeah, like I, that was, you know, for me, I, I'm always very analytic in the way I look at things and, you know, and, and today even it's the exact same way I look at it. There's, you know, this physical preparedness, right. To be, you know, as strong and as fast as possible um, to have that mobility as well, to give my body the best chance at creating speed through this biggest range of motion. And then, you know, maximizing my technique, you know, golf technique, to be able to produce the absolute most club head speed and then optimizing my equipment. And I still look at, look at, look at, you know, hitting it far, optimizing a player's distance through, through those three lenses. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, like I was uh, kind of one of the forerunners in, in long drive with respect to fitness. And, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, they took notice because I had a lot of success early on and, you know, they, they realized that I was using, you know, the strength, power, speed, uh, training to, you know, get an advantage. And, you know, it, it, it brought those guys as Tiger did with the tour guys. It, it made them elevate their physical game, uh, to a level that they hadn't probably thought about or, or, you know, uh, achieved before. Jason Zubak with us on Sports 1440. Kevin us Grant Fuhr on a Tuesday morning. And you did mention Jamie Sedlowski, uh, Jason, and the fact, you know, if you look at, and we're so blessed when you think about it, to have two world champs here in Alberta, but so different in, in stature, size, and, and everything like that. So can you just comment on the differences between how you two generate the speed, the power, the distance? Right. And so, you know, myself, um, you know, back in the day, I was probably 5'10". I probably lost about an inch in height, you know, just as aging goes <laughs> and such. Um, you know, Jamie, probably just a touch taller than me. So very similar in height. But you know, my, you know, my physique is, you know, more muscled than his. So, you know, in, in, in my, you know, peak days where this is what I did for a living and, and such, like I was right about 220 pounds. Um, you know, and, and tried to stay pretty lean. And that was kind of my sweet spot to produce, you know, the most speed, you know, in this balance of like the strength, power, speed, um, and then producing the most club head speed. You know, Jamie was considerably, uh, you know, um, he's, you know, people look at Jamie because he's smaller in stature, uh, you know, probably five, you know, five, ten and a half, something like that height wise, but, you know, 160, 165 mm -hmm. pounds. But, uh, you know, Jamie, again, being very strong, very um, flexible and using elastic. So using a lot of this, you know, stored energy, much like Kyle Berkshire does now, for those of you, you know, see uh, Kyle on the long drive stage. But uh, yeah, Jamie, you know, he has some really spectacular mechanics when, you know, we break things down. And, you know, I've, I've had the uh, you know, the uh, absolute pleasure and, and uh, you know, being afforded the ability to um, have these relationships with the Titleist Performance Institute and such, and, and also with companies that, you know, when we look at what's happening in the body, you know, from, uh, you know, these, what we call kinematics, 
you know, the motion of the body throughout the golf swing, what exactly is happening. And then with kinetics, you know, what the forces and the, the torques or the, the twisting forces that are occurring. But, um, you know, if we looked at Jamie, um, it's really interesting in that when we look at how fast Jamie and I, we both move our hips mm-hmm. and, you know, we're super elite, even compared to the, the nor the like the average elite long drive guy. So, you know, really good hip speed. And then we go up the chain, we look at like shoulders, how fast, you know, that what we call thorax or shoulder turn. And um, you know, mine was pretty good. Jamie's probably a little better than mine. Um arm, you know, very fast on my side. You know, Jamie's arm fast as well. But where the magic where Jamie has was in the wrist where he was able to take, you know, sort of these, these um, portions of the body that are creating this rotational energy, like the pelvis, the thorax, Hmm. um, and, and, and also the way he's using the ground and the arm and translate that to the club. Um, You know, a lot of people talk about lag and, you know, just this angle that's created between the lead arm and the club shaft, right? The more, you know, as we get in late downswing, we can, you know, that when we close that angle or the shaft gets closer to that forearm, there's more potential, you know, but we have to release that energy. But Jamie did an absolutely spectacular job of, you know, this lag in the swing, Mm -hmm. uh, using this elastic energy and such. And, you know, I, I was more sort of power and force, you know, Jamie was more finesse and elastic, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to get it done. And then then you see on the opposite end of the spectrum, guys like Joe Miller, you know, 280 pounds at, uh, you know, you know six foot four, uh, and guys even bigger than him, Mike Dobbin, 6'9", 320. So there's this whole vast array of different body and shapes. But ultimately, you know, it's being able to get energy to the club and, you know, being – but you have to hit it in play as well, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, coming out of the center of the club face, being able to control, you know, how we deliver that club um, to the ball to produce, you know, the absolute maximum, you know, carry and roll and contending with different conditions. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Grant, if you got one for Jason. I do. Yeah. So now as the population ages, what would be your number one exercise for guys to increase their swing speed? Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one, Grant, because that, that's sort of my, you know, where I I work every day, you know, from average players to guys that you see making millions of dollars uh, every week um, on television. And, you know, that, uh, you know, kind of this body swing connection is what we do at TPI, the Titleist Performance Institute, the, the leading organization with respect to, you know, this link of the body you know, how the body and the swing sort of coexist, you know, like how one, flu- how one influences the other and how the other influences uh, reciprocally as well. The, it's interesting because I, I, I get that question so often, like what, you know, like what guys will say, give me your five best exercises for, you know, speed and power and such. Right. And, you know, it's, it, it's a tough one because, um, my my usual response to that is I've got thousands of, you know, exercises, drills that are very effective, but I don't know what's effective for you. Right. So, um, you know, the, the way I like to think about it is that, you know, we, we need to kind of know who we're dealing with, right. Whether, 
you know, it's a younger player, older player and such. So, you know, I always like to, you know, get a history of the person, you know, just to see, you know, what they've done in the past. Do they have any injuries currently? Are they having anything that, that we're contending with? Because that changes our whole uh, approach, right? And then I like to do what we call a physical screen, like a physical assessment. And, and I do this with, you know, my, my aged golfers as well as my young golfers just to, to see um, this physical assessment would assess mobility, stability, balance, um, you know, all within sort of a golf context. And that's, uh, it's coming from our, our, what we call our TPI level one screen. And that, that just gives me some insight into what the player can do, right? Like if, you know, they're limited in their the ability to turn their hips, are they limited in their ability to turn their thorax or shoulders? Are they limited in the ability to get their, their hand high in the air? Are they limited with wrist mobility, right? Because all these things will change, you know, perhaps uh, technique that, uh, you know, would be more conducive for speed mm-hmm. and distance or even our training stuff, right? So then, you know, if um, then I, lo- I like to look at their general physical preparedness, what we call GPP, what have they been doing? Like, have they been working out? Have they not been doing anything? And if they're a good candidate, like if they've been doing some stuff and they, uh, we, we have some screens, some lower body, upper body uh, clearance tests, I like to do some power testing. It's, and it's very simple. Like we, we do a bit of power testing. And then that gives me some insight into um, the power sources that they're using, mm-hmm. maybe effectively, maybe ineffectively, right? And then maybe a little bit of strength testing. And a lot of these are very simple tests that I do. And, but that gives me a good, uh, you know, idea and then where we're starting out club head speed and ball speed because ultimately it doesn't matter you know what your physical makeup is ultimately it's hey let, let's look at your club head speed mm-hmm. let's look at your ball speed right yeah. and then you know we then i utilize another tool called a, a dual 3d uh dual force plate and that tells us what we're what we're doing with the ground you know there's this term ground reaction forces that are uh you know very very uh, prominent in today, like you see it mentioned in nearly every broadcast, how the player is using the ground. And um, it's very important because mm-hmm. the way that, because our only, our only connections in golf are to the ground with our feet and to the club through our hands, right? The hands is a tough one because we've never been able to really analyze that, but we can certainly with this new 3D dual force plate technology, we can tell what's happening. It tells us the story of motion in the golf swing through our feet because what we do at that ground foot interface, it, you know, it creates motion, it stabilizes motion, it counterbalances motion, and it tells us what we're doing during the swing. So, um, you know, my thought is, you know, I kind of want to have this great picture, but, you know, one of the big things, Grant, you know, to getting a little bit more specific, your question is that, as people get older, we lose mobility, right? So that's one of the biggest things. Like you're not as flexible and I'm not as flexible as, you know, I was 20 years ago, right? So, um, you know, mobility is huge. And, you know, just that level one screen. So, you know, some simple things that we can do to work on mobility in the golf swing. Quite often as the player ages, we lose this thoracic mobility or the ability to sort of efficiently turn in the golf swing. Uh, you know, we'll lose hip mobility. I often will see, you know, some of the shoulder mobility. We get uh, some tightness um, that prevents the hands from, you know, getting in a position where, where we can efficiently use that to create speed. Um, and as people age, we, we tend to, 
you know, if you're not putting the time in the gym, you know, like even, even some stuff with, you know, balance and coordination, you know, this goes, this goes a long way to improving, you know, just not, not even the golf swing, which it does, but the, you know, the quality of life. Right. Mm -hmm. And just some simple stuff. But again, you know, as we, as we age, you know, we lose that mobility, we lose strength. You got to keep that up and we lose. And, and the bigger implication is we lose speed. And if we're not doing anything with velocity, um, as we age, you know, it doesn't have to be running sprints and stuff like that, but just, you know, moving a little quicker, you know, this, this capacity to move fast, we lose that way faster than we lose actual strength. Mm-hmm. So these are important physical qualities, um, yeah. you know, not only for general life stuff, but, you know, if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, be performing at an optimal level with golf. Yeah. Hey, Grant, have you found yourself, I guess, as you've got getting old, a little yes. older, getting older, <laughs> trying to incorporate some of the things Jason's been talking about here um, to, you know, keep your game to where you want it? Yeah. I still stretch a lot. I mean, I, I found that flexibility makes a big difference and yeah, I should probably spend a few more minutes in the gym, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm still a golf junkie and I'd rather spend those extra few minutes out on the golf course, but <laughs> yeah. no. Uh, Jason Zubek with us, World Long Drive champion, uh, five time, and then one in the seniors. Uh, how? How? What's the furthest you've ever hit a golf ball, Jason? Do you have a a number? I, I do. It, you know, it's kind of a loaded question because, um, you know, at the World Championship, your your longest one often will occur in some of the qualifying rounds. So that you know, it, it's just more of a, a means to the end, right? Like where they're, you know, I remember in, in 1997, I hit it over 400 yards in every round of the competition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something that's never been done or something that wasn't done up until that date. And um, I'm not sure if it's been done since, uh, you know, maybe at some of these, you know, extremely elevated yeah. when the guys are hitting in Denver and, and such. But um, the, you know, in competition, 468 was my longest. And then on the, you know, on the course was 520, right? But you get the, when you have the this tsunami of, you know, all the things coming together at the same time where you got the rock hard fairway, you got, you know, uh, a big win behind you, mm-hmm. you hit it perfect, right? So um, uh, one competition in, Nevada, in yeah. uh, Mesquite, Nevada, I actually uh, all carry 430 yards, 10 and 51, 64, of an inch, which we actually submitted to Guinness um, down airport runway, 714.1 <laughs> yards when we were um, at the old Atwater air force base in, uh, in California, in Northern Cal. And, uh, but you know, it's sort of a loaded question because, yeah. you, you know, like, uh, you know, at sea level into the wind, wet fairway, it's, you know, Greg could attest to this. It's not going very far, yeah. but, you know, you're playing in Denver downwind, you know, it's going to go far. Yeah, you brought up the name Kyle Berkshire, uh, Jason, and he, I think last fall he had one at 579 in Wyoming. So yes. elevation and, and other things come into play, as you said. So um, what did you think, uh, Jason, of, of uh, Nick Taylor winning the WM Phoenix Open? God, it, was, it was great stuff. I, uh, you know, obviously a big fan of – uh, golf in general, but Canadian golf, right? And just see the evolution of the, the young guys. It, you know, Nick uh, with his win in, at the Canadian Open last year was you know spectacular. Obviously, uh, a Canadian winning the Canadian Open, and 
you know, I, you know, Grant can, you know, Grant could speak to this, but you know, this just this aspect of winning, right? Being, you know, you know, validating uh, your process, you know, validating your team, right? And it it breeds, it's, you know, success breeds success, right? And um, I think you know he's at a great spot, you know, along with, you know, we've got a tremendous contingent uh, co- contingent of guys like Corey Connors and. Uh, uh, you know, we could go down the list. Um, Adam Hadwin, um, uh, uh, Taylor Pendrith, mm-hmm. you know, Adam Svensson, right? Like I could go down, yeah. but uh, you know, we're becoming, you know, a pretty, you know, for a small country, you know, a quite, quite a golf power, but yeah, it was awesome to see. I, I felt bad for Charlie cause I've got a, you know, somewhat of a personal connection. He's, he's a Titleist guy, um, as Nick is, but Charlie has been, you know, uh, you know, been with Titleist his whole career, uh, Charlie lives down in the San Diego area, and he works very, um, very closely with Dr. Greg Rose, which is um, uh, one of the founders of TPI. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Charlie, you know, the, you know, they alluded to like he's had some injuries over the past three years. He's he's getting up in age, like forty-seven, but you know, Charlie's always been a great ball striker. Um, you know, he he's had some. Some, some injuries that he's had to contend with and a skin cancer issue yeah. last year where he had a good portion of um, his, his forearm actually removed uh, with respect to the skin, skin cancer surgery. And, um, you know, I, you know, I was happy for Nick, but I was pulling, you know, I was pulling for Charlie because, uh, <laughs> you know, a great story and stuff, but uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome to see. And, uh, I, you know, I, I really, I really enjoyed uh you know, maybe not some of the shenanigans at the waste management team yeah. open as I've, I've attended multiple times in the past. And I don't think I would even go now to be honest. Like I, you can ask Grant as well. Like, yeah. you know, we, we enjoy golf, but I'm not there to like, I, I love watching the guys play and, you know, people being disrespectful to the players, you know, you know, maybe this is what, what golf is going, but I enjoy watching guys play good golf and being respectful to the game. But maybe I'm just, you know, getting up in age. Yeah. Have you got a thought on that, Grant? No, I agree with Jason on that. If I go to a golf tournament, I'm going to watch the golf. Mm-hmm. And the fact that guys are heckling players, that sort of thing, that's hockey. Okay. I get that. Mm-hmm. But the game of golf is a gentleman's game and it needs to remain that way. I mean, yes, it's moving into the future, but at the same time, there still has to be a little bit of respect to it. And it kind of crossed the line in the respect side. I thought it got a little out of hand on Saturday. I didn't like the the announcers with Kisner and Smiley down on on the, the hole, really commentating from the hole. I thought it brought too much of a, a WWE element to it. But um, I always kind of end segments like this, Jason, with the chance when we have Grant on, and you obviously followed Grant's career. And as you said, when he got to Calgary, you're on the driving range and things like that together. But uh, if you've got a question or anything uh, hockey or golf related or anything that you would uh, uh, kind of throw out in this uh, forum for our listeners, uh, go ahead, uh, Jason, and then Grant, you can answer. Yeah, that, like for Grant, obviously, you know, I was there going to school in the heydays of the Oilers, right? And um, I wanted to ask Grant with what, you know, obviously so much, so, so much accomplishment, so many accomplishments like is there one thing that stood out in your career grant that you know was you know extra special um you know in any respect you know with 
either team performance or let, let me let, let me change that a bit with respect to team and then obviously hockey's not an individual sport but on your individual um, accomplishment side um, I think individually longevity was something that I always wanted so we managed to succeed in that side of it and team wise I think the greatest thing you get out of the game besides playing is the people in the game and the friendships in the game and that they're lifelong. And I think that's one of the biggest takes I've got on the game that I got out of the game besides hanging around for a long time was all the friendships I got out of the game. Hmm. Definitely. um, I I was also going to ask, you know, obviously you had substantial barriers when you for like, I'm just thinking, you know, when you grew, you know, grew up playing the game, and could you speak a, a bit about the barriers that you had to overcome, uh, you know, in youth hockey and then even at that major junior level and then into the NHL? Uh, you know what? I, I came from a not a rich family. So cost was one of the huge barriers as a kid, especially for a goalie, with the cost of goalie equipment and that sort of thing. And my parents did a phenomenal job of allowing me to play and then also being a mixed race person, your opportunities aren't quite as big. So you've got to be a hair better than everybody else. But I also got a ton of support along the way where I could push myself along. And then junior, I was pretty lucky. I ran into a pretty good club in Victoria where we were very skilled and you were just a piece of the puzzle. And then turning, once I turned pro, I, you got six of the best players in the world to hang out with. So you're kind of a side note to things and I get to hide in the back with a mask on. So I get pretty fortunate in that sense where I was allowed to get comfortable early. And then as things progressed, yeah, we had some racial issues in Buffalo and that sort of thing. But by then I was prepared for it. So I was pretty fortunate by the time we had any real barriers that I'd already had 11, 12 years in the national hockey league and was able to deal with it. The way kind of the way my parents raised me where you, you don't give those people the time of day. You just go about your business and do what's right for you and right for your team. Yeah. Uh, well said, uh, really well said, Grant. Uh, Jason, can't thank you enough for spending a good, well, we went way over a good half an hour uh, with, with Grant. Really appreciate your insight on, um, especially how to keep generating power and, and uh, speed and everything like that in a, in a person's golf swing as they get older, because everyone's still, I mean, everyone right now listening to this can't wait to get out to hit some balls they want to get to the range they want to get you know we're not too far from golf season around the corner here so thanks so much for your time appreciate it and uh, we'll talk talk soon thanks jason great to be on thanks kevin thanks grant it's always a pleasure